Welcome to our Tuesday night conversation. Malvina, it's so good to be with you. It's great to be with you. So I, I text Mark and I said, hey, buddy, <laughs> how's it going? He's in Texas, right? He's in Texas. And he says that uh, he's doing some consulting and some other stuff right now. And uh, just having tons of confirmations on Good. things and, and a lot of... Um, he said, it's more significant than I can explain, wow. I think. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's what he said. And I, I just, you know, the timing's perfect, of course. You know, this has been yeah. uh, an ordained season from the Lord for him. And uh, so we're excited about that. And uh, Peter is with family doing stuff tonight. So uh, we're just excited to be here, you and me. I know. I am excited. I, I am excited that Mark is in the States. I, me too. It is is a it's very significant to me because it he usually shifts things. So I'm waiting for the shaking. Well, so. tell you gotta you do you get a text from him? Is yeah, he texted me like I'm in LA and he's shaking. I'm like, oh, I think it already started, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yes, I oh, think uh, Mark being in the States is uh, is significant and is <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I love it. I, I can't wait to get together with you guys. It's been too long. Yep. Yep. Well, we're excited, and and um, we're gonna have in Sandpoint and uh, beginning of May, we're gonna have a Saturday night service, a Sunday night gatherings, yeah. uh, Saturday and Sunday, of course, Sunday morning. Um, and so those will be, um online later they're not live streamed because our internet is horrible okay it's <laughs> so bad um and so we will um they'll be up later those events will be up uh -oh. at hvwc um but you said uh-oh i know you're freezing but that's okay you already oh, Oh, well, I should be freezing here. That's weird. So, um, um, yeah, did my audio stop? No, you're good. It stops when, you, when you're frozen, but now you're good. <laughs> it comes and goes. I just make faces. I was um, going to say. <laughs> so um, I, I just dropped the link in the chat to uh, the where those will be at, um, at our sermons page. Okay. Um, and yeah, I am having some type of connection issue. Interesting. All right. So hopefully. Now, Chris, uh, one question. Are those links, anybody can go in? Can uh, public? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. So so Good watch your mouth. Watch your mouth when you call, when you show up. Because whenever you're, whenever you're, you know, you're preaching at Harvest Valley, it's going online. Okay. It's going to be real. <laughs> We're going to have documentation about this. Okay, Malvina. <laughs> Okay, I'll behave, I promise. <laughs> oh, well, we're excited. We're excited to have everybody up here. And Peter's going to do the men's breakfast. And uh, so we're just really excited about that. And um, um, and Abraham, good to see you on here as well, Anna Lee. Um, so we've, you know, one of the things that I think tends to happen when Malvina and I start conversing is we land on the same topic, I think, every single time because it's a, her strength and my strength kind of come together and we're able to have um, a collaborative conversation where we, we kind of can pick apart 
maybe some common issues, some common uh, mistakes, and maybe some best practices and things maybe that we've experienced or know about prophets working with apostles. I know. It's a fascinating topic. It it really is fascinating. I mean, I I pulled this off my shelf um, a couple of weeks ago. Pastors and Prophets by C. Peter Wagner, right? Because um, I feel like the the cooperation that's needed between and the understanding of a prophet in the in the context of the church, because you could be prophets in different spheres, floating around. But but the the church is a very unique um, unique. uh, minefield, I should say, you know, because it's just loaded with a lot of potential for offense. It's loaded with a lot of potential for conflict and uh, more so than I think if you're a prophet to a business that it's like there, you're just accepted, you know? And actually, no, you know what, Chris, I, I, I would say I wasn't walking with Jesus at the time, but you know, there was a, a, I walked the, the, the corporate world Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, you, your gifts come without repentance. I could see, mm-hmm. like, I could see months ahead, ahead yep. of decision making. Okay, this thing is going to go bad so quickly. I used to make predictions, mm-hmm. which wasn't healthy, you know, but uh, in a way, the foresight comes regardless. Mm-hmm. 100%. And even in yep. the business arena, you know, when people are really attached, it may not be a religion, but it's money or is yep. power or yep. entitlements that are that are created based on the business structure. This the same happens, you know, you you can say if you guys make that change, if you change that infrastructure, this is not going to work. Yep. You still got to yep. you know, so you can look at the at the bigger bigger picture and I uh-huh. think that's the prophetic gift. You yep. you're, you're giving a 5000 yep. feet you know, the Lord knows the end from the beginning. Yep. Here comes yep. the prophet and tells you the end. Yep. Well, but we haven't given this business any how to get to that yep. or prevent the decisions that are being made. Well, so, and I, so that's part of the that's part of something that Mark and I do is work with businesses and we step in and we'll consult and we'll like have a prophetic eye for um, yes. structure, some wisdom, bringing some counsel to businesses and helping them unlock right. that next place that God said. Right. Um, and so, so I think that even if it's in the, in the world of, you have um, the same. Yeah. Yeah. You have the same gift, but you can be a believer and pro- be a, a corporate oh, prophet. It's amazing be, you know, what you can do for amazing. businesses prophetically, yep. even if they don't believe, even if the business is not a Christian business, mm-hmm. you know, you can bring a lot of innovation and a lot of mm-hmm. new ideas and then mm-hmm. a lot of new concepts. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we used to pay a fortune to consultants to come and fix what was broken. Oh, my God. And you, they come and it's like the doctors. OK, what is wrong with you, lady? Your eye hurts and they only fix the eyes, but not realizing the eyes like that because your kidney has other problems. You know, Uh they never look, they only look, the ophthalmologist is like a mechanic. I came here for my tires. Well, you don't have any oil, so you're not going to run. So, you know, the consultants used to come with a very uh, tunnel vision. Okay, what's wrong? Well, we don't have any productivity. Well, guess what? Your computer Uh is going to be turned on today. So don't look at this problem. You got to look at the bigger picture. Yep, 100%. pay millions yep. of dollars to these consultants to give them solutions that then then you have to find another consultant to fix the so, the solution that the other guy did uh-huh. before. Yep. 
Yeah. And then you find yourself. And I think the church in a way is yeah, a totally. lot like that. Yeah. We, yeah. we get our prophetic words and then we run with them with tunnel vision without any apostolic mm. insight or any mm -hmm. apostolic uh, input. And then you find yourself going at the end of the thing going, why did I do all that? Wait, why did I build this? Wait, why did I hire? And then when you go back, and actually I can speak for that personally. This week I spent, I went back to all my prophetic words from a long time, recordings and wow. Mark yeah. speaking over my life, going yeah. back because sometimes uh, when things don't work out the way you thought, you have to go back and say, okay, what did I, where did I miss this? Now it could be that I interpret it wrong, but right. also yeah. I could see how I deviated in my interpretation mm -hmm. from things. And, and yeah. you need an apostle to keep you in line for that. Yeah. And Elise said, we run with our prophetic words instead of going to war with them. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, that's right. And that's so, not what the scripture says. The scripture says you war. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. um, so we, you know, I think that the fivefold ministry um, has been defined a lot of different ways. I've, 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 have you seen the heart model, right? Like that, the, the, um, the, apostles the you know center of the heart and there's all this you know all these different pieces to it i'm trying yes. to remember how it was but you know and then there's all these tests out there that you could take to determine what your yeah. what your thing is and um so it's been i think there's been kind of kind of confusing you know i think for some people you know and of course we came out you know just not that long ago came out of an era where apostles are dead that's not even a thing you know? <laughs> You know, like that's not real. You know, there's no apostles. There were 12. Leave I it know. alone. No, people. like the church started with apostles. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that gonna... was it. That was it. Yeah. Right? How so, can you, you know, have ecclesia if you don't have apostles? Well, we, yeah. Well, we mix. Okay. I, I told you this. Don't earlier. answer. Don't answer. Your life. I, <laughs> I, I love, I love that, you know, some people are like, well, the word apostle means sent one. And I'm like, <laughs> It's like, yeah, I've got a car. It's a Chevy Nova, right? So what does the word Nova mean? No go, no go, and Nova, Nova. And it's in Spanish, Nova. So, so I drive a no go, right? It's like the, the way that we work our language in the Bible is just, just mind numbing to me because we'll be like, well, it just means sent ones. Well, in the first century, they were generals that oversaw the overtaking of territory to make sure that the wherever the they took territory, there was a group, someone that oversaw the colonization, the Romanization of a new territory. And the group that they went with them that taught language, arts, that taught government, that taught like the lay all of the pieces needed for that place to become a Roman culture. That was the ecclesia. So Correct. you have the apostle overseeing the ecclesia who's overtaking and taking over the culture of a conquering. territory, You're conquering, conquering. territory, taking territory. Right. So, um, so we could go, yeah, they're the sent ones, but it's like, ugh, you know, every time I hear well, that. Well, but you it also, <laughs> I think when they say sent ones and you know, you can, yeah, that's yeah, the meaning missions, of the Greek missions. word. So they're missions, they're missionaries. Accept that. Yeah, I think we also need to look at the context of the scriptures. 
uh-huh. because you, if yep. you if you think yep. of of Moses, yep. let's say Moses, Old Testament, okay, he had to understand. Here I am being sent to deliver these people and instruct a bunch of people about things <clears throat> that are coming directly from God, you know, and he had to confront a lot of the beliefs and uh-huh. distorted views that the Israelite had from their slavery mm-hmm. and their own rebellion. Mm-hmm. Now, poor Moses, I really, you know, but what did Moses ask? He asked for his ways. He asked for his presence. He asked for his glory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of apostles may not mm-hmm. do that. So, you know, the yep. ways of God, you're, you're going to guide the people. You're not going to pastor them because just that, that's, that, there's a pastor for that. You know, we're looking at fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you have an apostle, the apostle is that person that, that has, what is God doing here? Let's look at the bigger picture. Can I put you in route? Can I can I re <laughs> reroute you? Can I, uh, you know, direct you? Mm-hmm. If if, if yep. we can put it that way. So when we simplify the word by saying they're being sent out, we is, we're doing a disservice to those that have been appointed by the Lord as apostles, yep. because uh, you know Moses had to learn who God was to show mm-hmm. the people who He was. Well, and and would you you would clearly it sounds like you would put Moses in the archetype of not only a Messiah but an apostle. Yes, I would because right. yeah. he was sent. He was sent by the Lord, picked yep. out, and said, "Listen, go tell Pharaoh the following yep. things." Yep. Okay, conquer yep. over there, well, even and, though it didn't look like a New Testament version. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, if we simplify it as sent once, okay, we equip you and we send you. What, where am I sending you to? I need to have a greater yeah. understanding of your calling. And what am I equipping you to? Exactly. Right. Like, I mean, that's 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 huge. That's huge. Because remember, you you can have a, a pastor, shepherds, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cares for you personally mm-hmm. and, and should be there for your healing and for all those things. That's the job. That's a pastor. Your sheep needs the mm-hmm. flea taken out and the tangles, mm-hmm. you yep. know, straining up. So yeah, we need the, to we need to get out those tremors, get us some wool, <laughs> shear them. Okay, make a few sweaters. But make that's the, make some sweaters. Yeah, make some sweaters. But you know that's your pastor. But when you compare that to an apostolic, uh, so so for example, what if the apostle can go and help the pastor mm-hmm. and say, you know, yep. you have a blind. Yeah, I'm outside yep. of the structure. I can go in and say. Uh, you know, these sheep here, they need some, why do you, why are you doing this? So a lot of the time uh, developing, a, a, a res- I don't know if respect is the right word, but the recognition of that anointing yep. that that person yep. can see what I can't, because mm-hmm. remember, we all have blind, mm-hmm. blind spots, yep. things you don't see. I think the apostles are gifted in, in that, especially when they're appointed for that specific group of people or mm-hmm. persons. Yep. To identify, I see, and I always say, Mark can do that for me. He can see me in ways most people can't. So so good. Okay, so if he's able to do that, I don't see myself that way. He'll call Mm -hmm. things out. It takes me three weeks to just receive it. You know what I mean? Like, don't mess with my stuff. Because he, and he's not even prophesying. He's just saying Uh things. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's very different when he gives you a word. 
Yeah. You know, so I, again, going back to the prophet, a prophet can say something, but on, the apostle is that person, that father that can mm-hmm. come in, in, it's, you put it, that word yeah. in context. It's interesting. Bill Johnson talks about the fact that no one can be an apostle unless they've pastored. Of like, course. Like, like, unless you've learned how to care for the hearts of people, people. God's not going to give you that kind of authority over them. And so it's funny because I know some people that are strongly apostolic in their gifting and they hate pastoring. But yeah. it's like, hey, like, I know you want to organize it, strategize it, execute it, make it happen. You want to cast the vision, make all these pieces move and get these people lo- do. The, but like, you got to stop and care for their souls yes. first. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, and it may be because there are so many types of apostles. That's another thing. If we define apostles, right. just great. like we do prophets, you know, we cannot right. put them all in a box and say this right. is the school of the whatever. I, th- I think we need to understand that maybe that apostle is assigned to one person. Right. That to be right. a father and cry over that yeah. person and mm-hmm. pray for that person and push that person out. Or there are apostles that are assigned to nations to ap- apostolically go in there and figure it all out and, yeah. and try to put the nation in a certain way. So I think it depends on the assignment. Uh, of apostolic assignment, but yep, I also absolutely. think there's so much woundedness yeah. uh, in the body today mm, okay. uh, that, that I think we don't function in those gifts uh, in a right. healthy way, you know, and, and prophets you get know, offended because we don't listen. Apostles get hurt because these people are slow, you know, or they, they, they feel like, I think the majority of the things that I found around my apostolic friends and myself, I, I I think we we run into that rejection so much, like the betrayal yeah. thing and the reject. And I know that's pretty heavy on pastors too. Yeah. But um. <clears throat> that but that like, yeah. There's this interesting interesting dynamic there. Yes. All right. So, um. This oh Annalise Annalise, Annalise preaching because she's she's <laughs> Annalise clearly in my church. She says, <laughs> "You got to build the character to carry the calling." Or you'll be crushed instead of conquering. Yes. Right? That means developing mercy and pastoring skills for apostles. Building character equals strengthening naturally weak aspects. Excellent Amen. work. Yes. Excellent work. So um, so the, there's been a lot of conversation. One of the best ways that I've I've been um, reminded about fivefold ministry was the hand. And I don't know if Danny Silk uses this, that <laughs> that that the the um um no, the five G's. This is a different one. The five G's. It's uh, that the um, apostles govern, mm-hmm. the, prof- the prophets guide, mm-hmm. right? The evangelist gathers, yes, right? The teacher grounds, yes, like grounds it, and then the the shepherd guards. Yes, so that sure. was always an easy way from Danny Silk, easy way for me to remember. But in Danny Silk's book, Culture of Honor, he tells this hilarious. He's got this hilarious story about this car accident, right? And and it's like, okay, what what does it look like when you roll up to a car accident and you're uh, one of the five-fold gifts? You know, whether you're a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, right, a, a prophet, you're all going to interact differently. And I thought this thing was hilarious, so I was going to read it. <laughs> all right. 
So Ephesians 4.11, right, tells us that God is anointed some to be his apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And, um, you know, how do those different, this is the scene of how those different anointings interact at a car, at a car accident. Um, so the pastor shows up and of course you want him to be the first one to show up. Let's just be honest because he's going to apply the first aid. Okay. He's going to apply the first aid. He's going to, uh, go through the, the process of, of doing the, the, like tending to the wounds. He's going to dispense, dispense blankets and water. He's going to gather vital signs, information. He's going to talk to everybody about, he's going to get their emergency contact info. He's going to bring, you know, a sense of real calm to the situation. And sometimes we just need that. Yep. You're in an accident. You want a pastor to show up, but then there's the teacher and the teacher's going to come along. They're going to study the scene of the accident. <laughs> oh, you're laying there wounded. Hold on. Let me figure out how this happened. So <laughs> the teacher studies the scene to see what causes the accident and what might be done to ensure accidents like this don't happen again. So we're going to solve this problem. And then what we're going to teacher always comes to the conclusion that the drivers would benefit from more training and continuing <laughs> education requirements, right? Like this problem be solved if you just knew better, right? If you just knew more, this accident would not have been a problem. Correct. All right. Now the evangelist, right? The evangelist concerned with souls asks everyone. If so you, you know were, Jesus. If you were to die as a result I'm of your bleeding. injuries. I'm bleeding. If you were to die, are you going to heaven or hell, right? And he speaks. <laughs> Then he like leaves the person on the ground bleeding, turns around and looks at the onlookers and says, uh, there's no guarantees you're going to make it home safely. Right. <laughs> Do you know where you'd go? Like, I got a crowd now. We're going to we're going like, to do the laying on the ground bleeding, but I got a crowd. We're going to go for that. Right. Yeah. And of course, he's going to lead people to Christ. Right. And he's going to train people to do that. Right. Um, then, of course, the prophet. They knew it was oh, coming. Oh, no. I don't want they, them putting the Band-Aid on me. No way. <laughs> so they knew there was going to be an accident because they had a dream about it the night before, right? <laughs> and then they walk around the crash scene. They're going to rebuke the spirit of death. They're going to call out the destiny and various people <laughs> from the EMT, the doctors, the firemen. They're going to tell you, God loves you. God's got a plan for your life. I'm going to declare that plan. And give you a word. Give I'm going to give you a word. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> I see you in your bed at 17 years old and you were crying out to the Lord. You know, I mean, we could, we could just see it. Right. And then um, of course, this is the other thing. He's going to figure out who's in charge of the crash scene. And then he's going to discern whether this is God's chosen leader or not. <laughs> I love that. Like uh, we're, we're going to figure that out. And then he finds, if he finds no one's in charge, he'll appoint, he'll appoint a leader. Oh my gosh. Right. That is good. Uh, that is and then we get to the apostle. Hmm. The apostle shows up at the scene. He just is going to release the healing touch of God into the scene. <laughs> he's going to tell testimonies of how he's witnessed the power of God at other accident sites. The faith, the faith of the listeners rise and they too begin to pray for healing. And the apostle starts a school 
right at the crash scene. He's like, hey, we got we got healers here. A new ministry. We are going to start a school for those who arrive at car accident scenes and send them all over the world to go do signs and wonders. <laughs> that is precious. Isn't that hilarious? I love it. Yes. That is so funny. You know, I but know. it's it's like, yeah, we need all five. Yes. Yes. And 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 it's interesting because I I feel like we will always, you know, we've got the reticular activator that when we see something, like when you get a new car that's blue, you see it all over the place. You know, like how am yeah. I like what how did I never see this before? It's the same thing with like when you look in the mirror. Um, you know, you're you're going to see something different than what anybody else sees. You're going to notice the thing that you looked for last, right? Uh, it's, uh, when you look at a photo, class photo from kindergarten, you're like, oh, there's Betsy. Oh, no, where's me? Where am I? What did I look like, right? So yeah. that reticular activator, um, I think, um, is one of those things where we, we're, we're putting ourselves... Um, consistently looking for where our gift is needed, yeah. where our gift thrives, what, what, and we are constantly looking for where our gift will fit. Yeah. And you know, Chris, uh, <clears throat> I have a, I have, I, I did, I, I did a workshop a few years ago. I call it kingdom innovation. And he okay. was trying to figure out, okay, if we, went, we need to do a new, and it's a new thing. So we need to understand in the new, uh, how do, how these gifts function and it wasn't necessarily on the fivefold ministry but one of the things uh <clears throat> that the lord revealed to me was there are lobes in your brain some are logic some are creative some are you know uh mm -hmm. so so th there is there is compassion you know it's, it's always in the back so there if you study the lobes in the brain they all there is a place of empathy that some some people have you ever seen people that have that disease they have no empathy what whatsoever it doesn't matter if people are dying they're like yeah, I don't care yeah so there, there are different parts of the brain correct so there are different parts of the brain that when healthy <laughs> they function so let's say you you just describe that accident you know so the the prophet is usually going to have the right side of the brain is very creative you can accept anything the Lord is going to show you the impossible the prophetic is they're quite creative. We dream a lot, uh, you know, dream interpretation, those kinds of things are very right brain driven. <clears throat> but then you have things like a teacher. Your frontal lobe is all about logic. It's all about if I don't have, I always say, don't take a teacher to buy a car because you never buy it. They're mm -hmm. going to bug you down. They're going to slow you down at the store because if they don't have, listen, we don't have the list. We don't have the, did you check the refrigerator? And I'm speaking for my husband, who is a teacher. Okay, so if he doesn't have A, B, C, D, we cannot go forward until we have it all together. Uh, do you have the list? Yes. You have the card? Yes. Do you have this reward card? Yes. Yeah, so you have to go through this. If not, we don't start the car. I get in the car and hope that the angels show up. And you know what I mean? Give me, give me a revelation. You're like, I, like, hey, if I'm gonna buy something, God's gonna just throw that that card in, in the my basket. It's gonna be there. It's gonna right. be. There. I just so if you notice, place. God created us as a body, and yep. our brains, each of those gifts. You know, like you were talking about mm -hmm. the the empathy of a pastor. Mm -hmm. That is a different lobe that the other mm -hmm. gifts don't have. 
people that can see totally. big picture versus people and you need them all because yep. in a well-run business if you don't have people with attention to detail it doesn't matter what the entrepreneur and the inventor saw if you don't make the car with all the parts we are don't have a business i don't nope. care how smart you are no nope. so if yep. we apply the yep. same to the church as a car <laughs> Then you need to have your prophets and your apostles can see things 5,000 feet above the ground. How do you drop it so that it's a well-functioning body? Mm -hmm. Well, you need to have the empathy of a pastor with the detail of a teacher. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and you know, the the all the parts, the evangelists, right. being your PR, I always co compare them to your billboard, they're going to tell everybody about Jesus. Right. Yep. <clears throat> they don't care if it's a chair, they're telling them about Jesus. But you need that in order for the the, the structure to function yeah. as a body. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, that joke you just read is, is a good example of in a right. moment of crisis, we're all going to react differently. We And if we're wounded, then we react out of our wound in that right. gift. Yeah. And he's not good. You know, one of the biggest challenges I think in in five in creating space for there to be enough freedom um, for the fivefold to operate well together. Yeah. Because in order for the fivefold to operate well, that's why Danny wrote the book Culture of Honor. Yes. Because it's like you have to honor the different gifts. You have I got yes. to honor the prophet and their prophetic gift and what they bring to the table. And um, and hopefully, you know, that prophet can honor the different gifts that are being brought to the table. Yes. Um, and I'll tell you, like, there's no great like you. That's probably one of the best instruction manuals that I've ever read on it is Culture of Honor. And but at the same time, you just got to walk it out. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and and you got to be willing to take some responsibility for your gift. Correct. And what, God, what God's saying about you, you know? I think it requires trust. So, for example, if you trust the person, so, you know, all relationships are based on trust. I, I You know, like a marriage, you have to know you trust your husband that, that you can put your guard down and we can have the conversation intimately, regardless yep. of what the issue is. I think if a healthy fivefold ministry needs to first of all recognize the gifting, yeah. uh, who is 100%. truly a prophet? Yeah. Not because right. you went to the school, uh, no. but are you truly a prophet assigned to this region or to this area? <clears throat> because there are a lot of prophets that are they may not understand the place where you're at or or the. I don't know what you're going through, why you've been assigned. You know, I have a lot yep. of people that call me and they, they feel free to give me prophetic words. But it's like, there's a whole history of why I'm where I'm at, you know. So in order to do that, it can be casual. This this is intimate and it's, it's a wheel. So you everybody yep. turns the other person. So I think trust, you said honor, but I think also, are we assigned mm. to that? Yeah. A specific yeah. task. Yeah. And so I'll say on the trust issue, um, I think that we don't understand how trust is actually built. Like, exactly. because you can perform over and over and over again, and I can get an expectation for your performance. That's yeah. not trust. That's, That's I'm right. expecting that you're going to perform something. 
That's not trust. Trust is vulnerability. Exactly. Trust is telling telling on yourself. <clears throat> you want to build trust, tell on yourself. Tell somebody mm-hmm. where you messed up. Tell them where you get it wrong. Tell them where you're struggling. Tell like your vulnerability will open the door for people to trust you. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you've got an agenda. You're not actually here to reveal yourself in this What's your motivation? relationship. Yeah. You're not here to reveal yourself. You're here to yeah. use something from somebody else to get what you want. And, and like, no, that doesn't work. You actually have to be vulnerable. You've got to be open. You know, and I can speak about some of this stuff because learning hard lessons from working with prophets, you yeah. know, like, oh man, I wish, you know, I felt like the relationships I had. You froze. Am I, am I back? I feel like <laughs> you're, I, I feel, you're, you're almost there. You spoke okay. about prophets. See what happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to prophesy. <laughs> no, so, just kidding. Yeah, great. So, um, so um, I just, I had some experiences where I recognized that um, I was the only one being vulnerable in the relationship. Yes. I was the only one that was like, let me tell you my struggle. Let me tell you my trial. And they were, they were like, oh, I, I didn't realize that at the time, but they were like, oh, he's giving me food for me to manipulate. Uh-huh. And I, I just, I, I've been told I trust people too easily. I believe the best. And I've had people say, you know, Chris, you need to chill out a little bit. Like don't trust everybody all the time, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but but know, that's the apostle, the, that's the apostolic anointing, I think, uh, combined with the pastoral, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where you put your guard down and, mm-hmm. and you really want to reach the person beyond yep. You know, so you have no boundaries. And then, you know, Jezebel, who loves to use the prophets, because Mm -hmm. unfortunately, we are attacked by her. But at the same time, she loves them because she can use them with divination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have a fine balance of and that's something that I think for all prophets and seers, they have to watch for that. Oh, absolutely. So it's very seducing. Yeah, and we're I, vulnerable to that. We are yeah, very vulnerable. Yeah. So, I, so recognizing that, I think, is is really important. But you were saying, Chris, uh, you being vulnerable and opening up, I think, it also has to be a safe place to do it. So, yeah. Well, this is how you build trust. Correct. Right. Like, how do you know? At yes. some point, somebody's going to have to take the risk of being being a safe place, of being Correct. vulnerable, and being the open one. And so I, I don't have a problem doing that. I actually probably, like I said, I do it too easily, but you know, and I, and I think that that, um, um, when you recognize that trust is, uh, is in a relationship means that we're, we're trusting with each other's failures and our wins, because when you see, when you can see someone not at their polished best with the prophetic word yeah. and whatever, now we have relationship that moves into a place of real trust, Correct. real trust, because I know like, oh, they've seen my brokenness. I've seen their brokenness. We are going to believe the best because we know each other's hearts. Those relationships take time to develop, but somebody's got to lead or, or step out first in order to build those, those vulnerability based relationships. When we have those, I think it's so much easier 
to have hard conversations. It's so much easier to bring the hard word or to have a free flow with honor because we've, we've exposed our failures enough to each other to where we can have that relationship. Yeah. But you know, one thing, Chris, and and I, I, but this is one of the questions I have for the Lord is okay. So giving our current (laughs) condition as a body, Yeah, okay, yeah. where we we have a lot of prophets, uh, lone rangers, uh, doing their thing. Uh, people that are prophets behaving like pastors. People that are uh, pastors <laughs> behaving like prophets, or the other way around. You yeah, know, you have yeah. this identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I safely to say, mm-hmm. people that are pa- pastoring. And I remember prophesying to a gentleman that was. A pastor, and I was in Bakersfield. I said, You're not a pastor. How do you do this? And then he opened up and he says, Oh, I see all their stuff. He was a strong seer. I said, You know, he is getting wounded here because he's seeing yep. everything and yep. he yep. wants to strangle them all. And you now you got to pastor them, you know. So, what uh-huh. we have is a, an identity crisis yep. in the body. And yep. then the question I do have, I have posed to the Lord is, Okay, so how do we establish a prototype of healthy or, or a, a new blueprint? It doesn't have to, it's a new wine uh, <clears throat> of these fivefold ministries or these giftings, because we also have the other gifts, redemptive gifts that also play a role yep. here. Yep. You know, because you have different kinds of prophets. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> yep. So how do how do we create a prototype? that we can develop the trust that you're talking about, but also uh, the functional, that we're functionally realizing we're clear in our identity, we're healthy enough to function and, you know, be willing to come to the table and let's, how do we make it work? You Mm -hmm. know, how does that Mm -hmm. work? And I wish I could say, I've heard the Lord say, I'll do it this way. Uh, but I do know that, you know, it's going to require some of us to pioneer, uh, pioneer in the sense that we're going to have to experiment outside of the current uh-huh. system. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and, and, and you also, I, I think it's going to require a renovation of structures. Reformation, right. Yes. Reformation. Right. And, and that, that to me is really exciting because, um, yeah. with a reformation, you're not throwing all the baby out of the bathwater, oh, you can't. You know? um, but I feel like most people want to build, like when they think prototype, they want to build from the ground up. And I don't think that that's what God's saying. I think no. he's deeply. That would be an, an, uh, <clears throat> I don't think that, I think that would be, uh, an error. Uh, if we we get rid of, you know, and I, I share in previous episode, I think I shared Uh with you offline. Yeah. The Lord showed me the new wine is in the cluster. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and when I ask uh, what the Lord was showing me is the grapes are inside the current structure Mm -hmm. and they'll produce a new wine. Mm -hmm. But if you get rid of the structure and say, that's not it, we're going to take you out of there and do a new thing. You pick the grape and you don't get the actual uh, product yep. you, you, yep. you'll, you'll yep. pick it to either too soon or out of its environment because you know those grapes need certain conditions mm-hmm. you know and if you if you do that you could ruin the mm-hmm. you may not get wine mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. 
So uh, I think that's one of the things that uh, we are going to have to have wisdom and understanding I, in the coming days. One of the things that I think just generally needs to shift maybe across for all believers, all believers, because uh, it's easy to pick out a couple of the fivefold ministry yeah. gifts and kind of go, they need that, da, 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 you know, but um, I feel like submission is absolutely the key here. I, I, I think that submission to authority, God appointed authority in our lives yeah, and, and that willingness to submit to people that we even disagree with. Willingness to part, willingly cooperate and honor those people that rub me the wrong way, but God told me to be here. So I submit. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the (laughs) care. That's the character development that has to happen for revival to be sustainable um, is that, Hey, just so you know, now that you've followed Jesus, you live a life of submission, not control, not abuse. Right. Because I think the leaders are getting it. More and more, I see leaders like taking their hands off going, "Ah, I can't believe I was so controlling. Yeah, yeah. And they're taking their hands off and they're like, wow, this thing still runs. Yes. Wow. Um, That actually came out better than I thought it would. You know, like, so I feel like the leaders are being corrected with, because you could have any of the fivefold in leadership in a church. Yeah. Any of them. Right. Your seeker sensitive churches are led by evangelists. Let's yeah, just be right. clear. It's the, they're not heretics. They're evangelists. They yeah. will do anything to get anybody into the kingdom. The one. They, they will. They will. Yeah. Just one. Just one. Just one more soul. One more soul. One more soul. Oh, Sunday I, service for I got the, I got the, I got the, I got the wristband. Yes. So um, I, I think that you can have anybody in that, but the, the, anybody, that's where the redemptive gift comes in, right? Because most of the people who are leading in a church have certain redemptive gifts. Exactly. And those redemptive gifts, we're talking about redemptive gifts that were pioneered by Arthur Burke. Yeah. Um, those redemptive gifts really push you into, you know, that gift that God gave you will set you up to be a leader. Like if you have a gift of a ruler, you're going you're gonna to want to rule something and you're going to build <laughs> some things and it's all going to come back to you. You know, it's all going to like flood into you. And I think, yeah. um, that's if you're in an order, you're constantly, you know, like you, you, you have ADD and you can't stop talking. That's right. Like, like you just go, 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 blah, 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 you know? So, and you come up with a bajillion ideas and you try to implement them all right now because we can, you know? It's, yeah. Well, anything is possible for an exhorter. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, come on. For real. So I'm exhorter, I'm exhorter ruler. Yeah. I'm yeah. developing my ruler. Okay. Well, uh, I, I can see that that is not the, <laughs> not at the top of your list. No. <laughs> my mother, my mother reminded me. <laughs> okay, we haven't finished that. Why are we moving to the next project? Yeah. I don't wait, get what's it. happening? Um, yeah, and you know that's one thing I do recognize, and if some of the people that are going to be watching this are probably mm-hmm. part of my workshops, mm-hmm. I I always tell them I learn the value of I was raised by a ruler mother, okay, damaged me, but but I love her uh, <clears throat> because she couldn't understand why you're wasting time talking mm-hmm. uh, or changing your ideas or your mind. 
But in that, I learned to value the discipline of a ruler. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually helped me tremendously when, when I was in the corporate world because I can have amazing ideas, too many ideas, actually. Like you said, I have a book called Ideas where I have to park them. If not, I won't finish anything. Yeah. Uh, and then I learned, because I think we can develop those gifts, which is something I will encourage the body of Christ to do. Uh-huh. Just because 100%. I'm an exhorter, I cannot park here and say, well, that's I couldn't do it because I'm an exhorter. No, you can. We should aim to be like Jesus, <laughs> where I have them all, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and really what 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 ends up happening is you learn. I need my agenda. I need my list. Mm-hmm. I need I need things to help me be on time and yep. do my thing. Yeah. So, you know, yep. same with the fivefold ministry. I think yep. we have certain strengths. But yeah. that doesn't make us boxed in there. Sometimes you have to be apostle, prophet, pastor, and be everything. Well, when I when I went into ministry, I I knew that you know when God called me, I <laughs> I you know you just you go, Lord, you know, okay, you're taking me into a place where I'm really wildly uncomfortable. It's yeah. like I know that it's my calling, and so I'm excited about that. But I also have seen all the garbage with it. Yeah. You know, just like, just not even a lot, just, you know, like if you're in church for a decade, you've seen some things, so you know, like things. you've just seen some things and it's so sad, but I was, I was praying and I, I was reading that Ephesians 4, 11 and I, I asked the Lord, I said, God, I, I want to build a healthy church. Yeah. And this is before I was introduced, really. I didn't know Bethel or Bill Johnson. I didn't know any of that. You know, like I, I had no grid for apostles for today, nothing, right? Like no, mm-hmm. no grid. But I, I was just getting called in the ministry. I'm like, okay, Lord. And I said, God, I need you to bring all five of these gifts in the church if it's going to be healthy. <laughs> yeah. No. And until then, can you let all those gifts reside in me? Mm-hmm. So that I can, we can build a healthy church. Yes. Right. And so that was my prayer and and the Lord honored that. And, you know, every time a strong pastor would come along, I'd be like, finally, we have a pastor. Cause that is not my deal. They won't stay. No, no, they really can't. It's kind of wild. I don't, you know, you pray for me in that. (laughs) No, but but he's also, you know, I do think the Lord puts us through those testing times, not testing times, but in his in the weakness, he's strong. Yeah. You know, yeah. know in, in our weaknesses, he's working it. But I think he does that because it makes you a better apostle. So if you know the struggles of a evangelist and you know the struggles of a teacher and you yep. know this you know yep. if you had yep. to play those roles yep. you end up with a certain empathy for 100 percent yep. what they what they go through and i think and you, you know value <clears throat> it more. takes time it takes experience yes like you know if you're you're new you're new in christ do not take a five-fold ministry gift test <laughs> stop it <laughs> Like, you know, like to me, and I don't know, I've soapboxed on that so many times. I just feel like, you know, like these are the only gifts that Jesus gives. It's not a test. 
Thank it's you. It's not a Thank test. You for saying that. This is the gift that Jesus himself he who ascended gave these gifts to the church. Point. The person with all of their other gift mixes, with all of their other things. Amen. Like, you can have an apostle with really high mercy. You can have an apostle that, you know, just operates prophetically words of knowledge. Gets yes. all, you, know, da, da. you can have pro an apostle who's a really strong teacher. Like there's, there's, there's this reality that it is Jesus who gives that gift. Amen. And we don't get to judge it based on their personality profile. Amen. Amen. Okay. And amen. Rant over. I know that's Hallelujah. awesome. That you know, and and we need. That's another thing that you know some churches divide on. Is no, right. th this is something we let's read the scriptures properly. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because when mm -hmm. you read them, okay, mm -hmm. we can all prophesy, but we know that yep. doesn't make you a prophet. So I can put you in the Come school on. of the thing and yeah. close your eyes and get warm and fuzzy. That doesn't make you a prophet. Yep, 100%. And I think we need to have the conversation. It doesn't make me very popular, but I, I've that's something that we, you know, as I train a lot of seers and prophets come to me accidentally. I've, I've come to realize that a lot of them are distorted because they may not be prophetic they, they you know they're just picking here and there uh stimulating their senses but that's not prophetic that anybody can do mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know the holy spirit can actually in, 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 meet you anywhere you are that's but right. no we're talking about a, a true prophet i mean we're talking like you said the prophet that has been appointed by yep. the lord to 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 prophesy in a certain place or person uh, yeah yep. and we, and generally we have to become more sensitive to that can, can can i ask you about this um when someone yes. says i've i've been appointed by the lord yes. to do this work is that something that do you expect those that know that person well to affirm and confirm do you expect there to be like some affirmations around that call um, when somebody's like, "Hey, I, I've been appointed as a prophet to this thing," um, what's the role of what's the role of the people around them in that? Uh, to me, to my my perspective is, and I'm going to speak for my personal great yeah. experience. You know, uh, like for example, I thought, I thought you were speaking for all seers and all prophets for all time. <laughs> no, so. I would love to, but I don't think I can, <laughs> I can wear that mantle. <laughs> no, um, from my personal experience. You know when a person has an apostolic mantle, let's say apostle, if we pick one of the gifts, when an apostle has been mantled, sometimes they don't know it, okay? Some of those gifts, and I always use Mark as an example. Mark was able to uh, see certain uh -huh. things in me that I myself never thought, well, I didn't go to seminary, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. So I had my own list of what the church had told me. Okay, so I disqualify myself really fast. But then you have somebody who has a prophetic gift and an apostolic mantle that can say, you know what? I think you actually he I can use the specific example. He brought me to Wyoming. I would never go there for my own volition. Like, why? Who? Yep. I don't even know anybody. Yep. But is somebody who can see beyond uh, what you what you yourself even see. And sometimes I do believe apostles mantle people. Uh, they're able to call it forth. They're able to tell you, listen, yeah. I think you yeah. should be ministering to the lost or you should yeah. be ministering, you know. And all of a sudden they make you see things 
and it gets activated. I, I think there is a confirmation that comes either from other people or favor. I, I, I mean, a fast for favor, by the way, wow. where I, I, I believe that when you have been mantled, mm -hmm. the favor has to follow. Mm -hmm. If the Lord truly appointed you to that, he's right. got to confirm his word. He's got to come back and say, listen, I'm going to open these doors. That doesn't mean it's going to be a free ride, okay? But because there are, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, and great opportunity for ministry, but there is great opposition. So mm -hmm. just because there is opposition, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking yeah. about you yeah. see the doors open yeah. and yeah. the Lord confirms it that way. But you still got to plow. <clears throat> but yeah. I believe, to answer your question, there's confirmation whether yeah. it's the favor and the grace given to you to do it. Because that's what he says in Ephesians 4. Yeah. yeah. He has he he has sent it. He, he has the grace. Yeah. <laughs> grace. Yeah. He's giving you the yeah. grace to be in the fivefold, in, yeah. in the point, function. <clears throat> so I, I mm -hmm. think it gets confirmed one way or another. The Lord okay. will make sure you know. Yep. Yep. And so does God truly appoint, Annalise says? She says, it's my impression that God calls and men of God appoint Yeah. because appointment is about position in the body amongst people, places right. where the Lord has already positioned service, servants to labor in the field. Correct. And, and not just a men appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Annalise. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's for me. <laughs> yes. But I think that that's generally, that's what been my, my thought is like, okay, God's going to call you, but um, there is this process where don't lay hands on people lightly, right? No. Like there, like there, there is that, but that is an appointment. There's a mantle given. There is that, that transference that needs to happen of authority. And, you know, I, I, I feel like there's like people, um, this is why relationship is so critical. Yeah. And I don't care if you're in a denomination, in a church or in a small group or a home church, or you just hang out with your friends or whatever. <laughs> the relationship is critical because at some point somebody's going to take responsibility. Yes. And that's, that's what authority is. So there's the people that take responsibility have the authority. That's why parents are in authority because they take responsibility over the children. That's why the leaders in the body of Christ are are have authorities because they're willing to take responsibility for it. Yes. And so for those who have the responsibility, when they see that in you and they say, I want to give you that responsibility now. That's what that is. I'm going to give you the authority now. I'm going to give you some responsibility. Legacy. It's a legacy. You, exactly. You're giving somebody a legacy. Yes. And the other question I have for you, Chris, on that same vein, yeah, have yeah. you ever seen a person who's been commissioned or... Uh, that they weren't meant to be. You know, like, have you ever been in a oh my gosh, where, yeah. where the oh energy, my gosh. everybody's excited, and all of a sudden and they start commissioning you for things you weren't called? You know the pressure that that puts on a person? You know, I, I actually Horrific. had to go Horrific. and take all my mm. prophetic words and mine mm. them mm -hmm. and, and say, okay, is this true or not? Because yep. uh, people will give you words and people will lay hands on you and say, you've been called to do. And then you're over there waiting for that to happen. And nothing yeah, happens. boy, I'll tell you what, um, you know, one of the things that I've seen is people prophesying out of their desire, not hearing the word of the Lord. Like, Amen. you know, like I'm going to prophesy, I'm going to prophesy that everyone in this room is now a supernatural, supernatural evangelist. 
well, yes, we are disciples. And yes, we should pray for healing. And yes, it doesn't mean every single person in this room is the rest of their life. Their, their burning passion is like signs, wonders, miracles, and healing. Like every person in the room, every, like what? Like, that's a, like, no, I know you want that pastor. Yes. I know you, because, you know, the reason why I, I use the supernatural evangelist is because it's out of their need to grow the church and to get more money in the coffers or to get more, more soul saved or it's whatever emotional. the motivation is. But, you know, it's like, wait, oh, hold on. There's, there's actually, there's, um, when it comes to supernatural healing, I'm really big on the corporate release Yeah, that everybody should be healed. But I don't think everybody's called to be like a full-time healer. As the anointing, listen, it's a gift of the Spirit, first of all. Holy Spirit does it when he feels he wants to do it. That's Malvina's MIV, Malvina International Version. Only when, when Holy Spirit wants to. That's what Come it on. says in 1 Corinthians 12. Holy yeah. Spirit moved to benefit the body when he wants to benefit that portion. So we all have access to all nine gifts. They're, they're available to us. But the difference is, you know, your gift of healing, your gift of tongues, your gift is Holy Spirit stirring inside of you when mm -hmm. he desires to do it. So you got to leave it to the Holy Spirit to do. We Amen. all have access to it, but Amen. you have to have that anointing come on you. Well, let me just say when I, you know, mentoring and discipling people, they, this could you know, get me in trouble, but go ahead. Mentor <laughs> when mentoring and discipling people, it's always interesting because most of them don't know. Like, they're like, I don't know what I'm called to do. I like, I'm just here to grow. And then, you know, that's a, that God it's, um, um, what's his name? Peter Scazzaro, who wrote the emotionally healthy spirituality mm -hmm. in his book, emotionally healthy spiritual uh, emotionally healthy leadership. He talks about um, the different types of power that people have. And as a minister, as a mentor, you have this thing called God factor power and, mm -hmm. and people hear your voice and they say, Hey, I believe you're going to be this. They hear it as the Lord. And that is a natural response. So if you're going to mentor young people, yeah, only, <clears throat> only tell them what the Holy spirit said. Amen. And, and it's okay to not have all the answers and it's okay yes. to not be clear. And it's okay to, to be like, Hey, we're going to have to find out together. I don't need the answers, you know? Correct. Correct. So, and uh, it puts a lot of pressure. N now that you mentioned younger people, I do have access to a lot of youth. And what I've seen is they go to these uh, organizations that are very evang evangel evangelistic. So mm -hmm. it's, it's about nations. It's about becoming an evangelist. But th those kids go because they need a gap year. Most of them, you know what I mean? Like I need a summer thing and my mom and dad sent me here and I go. So then they're put into nations they're they're you know they're being told they have to go and evangelize <clears throat> and i've seen some of them that that's not their mantle that is not their thing and i'm telling you they go through it can go, and it can make tremendous damage yes tremendous I've, I've, damage. I've i've dealt with quite a few that they they feel like losers it's, it's a shame because they feel I am not good. Everybody's excited to go and evangelize, and I don't feel it. I don't, I don't, I have actually one kid right now. He's struggling because he sees this and he says, he's a strong prophet. I mean, you can feel the prophetic in that kid. And you know, prophets want to go kill. 
So he sees everything that's wrong. He's young, you know, and he walks around with scriptures all over him. And I mean, it's crazy. But then he feels like a failure because he doesn't feel the excitement of getting on a plane and he can't even raise the money. So he gets really frustrated. It's like the writing is on the wall. I mean, like it's so clear, but the pressure is real, you know, and yeah. my prayer for him is that he doesn't become so frustrated that he, you know, because God doesn't seem to be showing up for him, but it's because God's not going to show up there, you know? And, and I, as a, as a prophet myself, I had to come alongside him and say, listen, can we, can we work it a little bit different? <laughs> like uh -huh. You can ministry here and let's do it different. But it's too much pressure, too much pressure because they have been mantled with something uh, corporate. Well, and and yeah, I think that um, that there is this place of um, unhealthy leaders that and parents and whatever, like we yeah. all need healing and. And we're all want the best. Like I, yeah. I, I try, like we want the best for somebody. We think, man, they, they would benefit so much from going to YWAM. They yeah. would benefit so much from doing this project or this da, 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 da. And so then we, we try to force that when it just needs to be led by the spirit. Cause Amen. guess what is God's going to provide for him to go. If that's the thing, you know, yeah. but in the obstacles should tell you that I'm not a failure. I'm just barking up the wrong tree. Exactly. The, the good news is, you know, one of the things in walking with this group of youth, uh, one thing I've learned is the Lord has given me peace because a lot of the time as a prophet, I want to go fix it. But, uh, but what he's, he's shown me is I'm in everything. So mm -hmm. even though they've been, asked to go here or forced to do that or giving the wrong word or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I can I can address it all. And mm -hmm. uh I've seen him, you know, use the simplest things and even the obstacles to reroute them, you know. But um but cool. yeah, but it's it's a real it's a struggle. It's it's real. But God is uh, thank God God is God and we thank God. Not. Thank God. Oh. God is God. Amen. And we're not. Amen. Well, let's wrap up our time here. I think yes. um, um, you know, we, don't, we don't normally do a whole hour, but hallelujah. Let's hey, it. listen, it was two exhorters in one channel. <laughs> I know, right? A little crazy. A little crazy. <laughs> the struggle is real. Says the struggle know. is real. Um, well, I'm super excited um, to see you in a few weeks. I'm sure we'll be yes. back again next week and maybe with Peter on as well. I don't know about Mark and where he's going to be at in his That's right. journey through uh, Texas, up around through and then into Wyoming. And Yes. But, well, um, you know, I, I, I guess my, my, my final thought and encouragement would be to um, – I think maybe one of the things that I'm I'm feel like I need to say is that you don't have to make a way for your gift and your call. They it's make their written. own way. It's already done. So when you find yourself striving to enter into your call or enter into your gifts or enter into that, and you feel that tension to push into it, that's not from the Lord. Um, it's really not. God's not in a rush. And he's more concerned about your ability to run to him with the tension than run into your supposed destiny, Amen. you know? Yeah. So I think uh, he wants the intimacy. 
Um, so I just, you know, encourage people in that, to, um, in that, to be able to, you know, just, just rest, trust him. Um, and you know, God's, God is faithful. If he said it, it will come to pass. You don't have to make it happen. That's right. It was his idea anyways. It was. <laughs> come on, come on. Any final thoughts, Malvina? No, I, I, this was exciting. This was, uh, I I will ask everybody to pray, pray mm-hmm. that, you know, the wisdom and, and understanding comes on the body of Christ so we can build together. Because I think yep. it's time. It's time for us to, to unite. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean we do the same thing, but it means mm-hmm. we unite in Christ, mm-hmm. not divide in all these gifts. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, love you, Malvina. This is fun love as always. And um, we will connect next week. Oh, Beth DeWitt hopped on. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Went long. She was able to join. Oh, good. She says, I've been trying to push rest and trust in him. Wisdom and patience in his time. Absolutely, Beth. And um, we appreciate everybody who's been on the call today from Abraham to David to Anna Lee to um, our good friend, Beth. And so with that, we say goodbye and we will check you later. Bye. Bye.